Welcome, everybody. We are going to mix it up a little bit today on Always Bev, The Ripple Effect. I am your host, Barb Jordan. Now, season two, we have spoke to a lot of individuals who are leaders in awareness, behavior, and skills to stay safe. And in saying that, I have a lot of things I want to say about ways to keep you safe. So our guest today will actually be a moderator. Now, she's got a very long broadcasting background, and I look forward to hearing the questions that she has put together. Our moderator today will be Sherry Kempf. Thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Hello. Hello. And the crowd goes wild. And they do. Listen, I know you have some questions that you want to ask me. I know you're familiar with Always Bev and Always Bev's mission statement. In fact, that you've even taken the course before. So I'm, I'm thankful that you're taking the time to join me. And when you're ready to fire away with your questions, I'm all ears. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, off the top, I want to start where it started. And that is uh, your motivation for starting Always Bev and kind of how that whole thing began. Well, you actually introduced me to Moose Moore probably about a handful of years ago, and he spoke to women. He would organize workshops, and he taught women how to live with vigilance. And I thought it was it was so powerful. I would watch the women metamorphose in these courses. And as I taught these classes with them every once in a while, I thought to myself, well, this should be something we do all the time. This is something that all women should take at least once in their life, women should take a course like this to empower themselves and to understand the awareness that they should have in order to stay safe. But back in 2018, my sister Beverly's killer was released from prison. And that really set a fire under me because that just really was my initiative that there are people like Rich who get out of jail all the time. Some of them have maybe never even committed a crime. Some of them might be just walking around. It might be the person you sat next to on an airplane recently. We really don't know. But what I've done is I have spent a lot of time reading and studying about different types of predators and the different tactics they use to work their way into our lives. So we all know coaching, which it's, it's sort of, I, I see what you do now as a, a crossover. You co spend a lot of your life coaching softball and, and now you're coaching in a whole uh, different area, but everyone knows if you're an effective coach that you can't go untouched yourself. So uh, with, with that concept in mind, how has this helped you personally, either um, to deal with uh, the trauma of Beverly or just the whole frustration of the release from prison and, and all of that. Yeah, I think that overall, the, the biggest emotion I experience is one of relief. Like I feel like once I launched this podcast, I let the genie out of the bottle. 
and the genie was in the bottle for over 30 years. It was like, sure, people knew bits and pieces about the tragedy that our family went through and the the, the serious crime that that Bev suffered. Um, but it, it is it is a relief for me to say this is her story. These are the warning signs. These things were intuition that so many people felt. And now all these years later, we start talking about them and they are real life things that happen in today's world all the time to so many people. So you referenced the start with Moose and first getting into the classes and everyone knows that's, that's the aspect of always Bev that has really um, taken on uh, its own life and, and really affected a lot of other people's lives in a positive way. But talk about your classes a little bit, summarize those, including touch on the fact of the modern day class, which is uh, rather in person in Zoom. But how, what do those classes look like? What they look like is that some people come to those classes or attend those classes online and they know or have an idea of what they're going to experience. And some young women and women come to that course or come online to that course and they really don't know what to expect. And so I begin by saying who I am, why I do this, this story happened to our family. And then I say, I want to let everybody know we're going to talk about some difficult stories because, you know, not everybody understands that violence happens to women. Not everybody understands that women can be targets for some men. So for some, it's a little bit startling, but for others, you could just see by their expressions on their faces, they understand what's out there. But overall, the course is it's empowering because we talk about different types of predators, not just predators that overpower you, not just predators that if you're running on an isolated trail and you have earbuds on, this man can come and he can attack you. I think we all know that that could happen, but we talk about other types of predators, the predator that might charm you or manipulate you and how they try to weave their way into your life. And we really try to give these women that attend the knowledge and almost it's just a form of staying a step ahead so they can recognize those warning signs. So I've seen a lot of the feedback and it's so positive and it's so um, original. I think you can tell when you see the comments that it's not uh, that it really mattered. It really touched the people that are, that are making those and sending those comments. You mentioned it's, it's a tough topic. It, it is a topic that resonates with almost everybody you speak to, but it, it can be an intimidating topic as well. Wh why do you think it's received so positively? Why do you think it, it gets through and, and really does help the people that are taking part in the, the classes? I think because when I talk about the tragedies that happen to so many women, that it's not about scaring the people that are taking the course. It's about providing them the tools and the skills so that these types of events don't happen to them. And I think I provide solutions. I think I give them 
things to do, how to act, what your body language should be. What should you say? If somebody says this, this is your answer to that. It's, it's staying a step ahead. So when somebody says, Hey, I'd like to walk you to your car, you don't feel so compelled and to say, okay, when inside your whole being is saying, I don't want this person to walk me to my car. I teach the people that attend how to use their voice and that it is okay to say no and that it is okay to be rude because I would rather be rude and live to see another day than worry about being rude to somebody I might never see again. And your classes really cover the gamut. You do everything from 10-year-old uh, girls all the way up to uh, adult women in the workplace. I've, I've seen classes with uh, people who work at banks or uh, real estate, fitness teachers, uh, right down to the college students and student athletes, and even down to, like I said, the younger groups. I want to ask you a couple questions on that coverage. And the first one is this. For the younger girls, there's this, seems like it's a balancing act if you're a parent. How, how much do you want to expose a 10 or 11-year-old child to this reality? And how do you balance as the instructor in front of those uh, girls, uh, balance making them aware but not frightening them too much? Mm. That's, a, that's a good question. And it is a balancing act. And I think that when we were little, probably, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, back in the days when you and I actually walked to school, our parents gave us sets of rules. And a lot of them had to do with strangers. It was don't take candy from a stranger. Don't take a ride from a stranger. Don't talk to strangers. So when we were really little, our parents started teaching us vigilance without giving us a big soliloquy about why they would just say, if this ever happens, run. And fast forward all these years later to whether you're 16 years old or 22 years old or 52 years old, whatever it is, these same rules apply. And what's so tricky about today's world is to answer your question about young girls, how do we not scare them? We change the vocabulary. So instead of talking about predatory behavior, as I would to adult women to the younger girls, I would address it as there's some tricky people out there and they may use ways to get close to you. They might, they may, if you have, if you are an athlete and you play basketball, they may say, Hey, why don't you stay after? And you and I will work on your free throws. And when they start to spend time with you away from other people that can hear you and see you, those are times when the individuals, the girls and the parents, those are cues for them to tune in that something might not be right. So back to that broad gamut of, uh, of people, the, everything from adult professional women down to children, who do you think or feel responds the most? Who does the message resonate with? the most of those groups? I would say the most emotions, uh, the women give me a lot of emotions, but the, the college women can identify 
with so many of the scenarios that I go over in the class because they're in it at that point in time. You know, most sexual assaults happen to women between the ages of 18 and 34 years old. Why is that? It's because they have just left home for the first time. All these young women that are going off to college and couldn't wait to get out of their parents' rules and things like that. Now they're making the rules. And all of a sudden, they decide that when someone knocks on their door at midnight, they're opening the front door or their roommates opening the front door and letting these guys in that they don't know. And so the college women, I believe, really identify with somebody who invades their space, somebody who is intrusive. They show me the most emotion in a class. You talk about intuition a lot. You reference it a lot in your on your podcast. You reference it a lot on your seminars. Why do you think that's a stressor for you? Why is that a vital point to everything you're delivering? Because I believe that it is a sixth sense. I believe that intuition is something that it's telling you that something's wrong and you don't have to be able to define it. It's like uh, you, you talked about young girls, a 10 year old girl comes running over to a group and she says that man over there, he's weird. And somebody might say, what did he do? And the young girl might reply, nothing. He just made me feel funny. That's intuition. And if we can teach young girls and young women and even women of the world to trust their intuition, they will see the warning signs. I believe those two things are connected. We've talked about the classes, which have become extremely popular, but you recently launched this podcast. Why'd you do that? Mm. Because when I was teaching the webinars through COVID, which was a something completely different, I the first story I share is always the story about my sister, Bev. And when I got to her story one class, I said, now this is the story I talk about the least. And when the class was over and I was reflecting on it later that night, I said, why did you say that? And why is that, that it's the story you talk about the least? And I said, well, that's because it's the hardest. That's because it's so hard to dive into those details. And so I woke up the next morning and all through, all through my entire life, I said that where podcasts existed, it, doing a podcast never did it for me. It would never, I never said, oh, I'm going to do a podcast one day. I said the complete opposite. I'm never going to do a podcast. But once I said that in my class, that I talk about Bev the least, I woke up the next morning and I said these words, I'm going to tell Bev's story and I'm going to do it on a podcast. And through all that you've had special guests on, you actually had some childhood friends of Bev, childhood and, and right up uh, through her adult life as well. You had your sister Karen on, you've had the detective on, you've had some uh, more recently some uh, special interest folks to share their knowledge and experience. Of, of all of that, what do you think uh, as a guest, and I'm not act asking you to pick your favorite uh, or anything like that, I'm asking you to pick uh, an episode that you thought for Barb Jordan 
resonated with you? Hmm. Well, I have to say that the very first guest I had in episode two was my favorite because she was a childhood friend of Bev. And just listening to her describe the different memories that she had of Bev, her peeling her skin off of her back when she was sunburned and they would just sit and talk, just all the different memories that she shared, I could see them because I was the little sister that always kind of wanted to tag along. And I always wanted to know their business, what they were up to. So hearing those memories for me, and then following that podcast, that guest actually sent me photos. She actually went back and reopened the photo albums and sent me a handful of photos of her and Bev from their childhood days, their high school days, their adult life. And, and, and other guests did as well. Everyone started sending me photos of Bev and to see a picture of my sister pop up on my phone. And there she is that smiling face, that beam of light. Uh, it's been truly special. Here's something that I think with, with, I'm going to go back to coaching a little bit. So referencing the fact that what you do a lot is that, and a lot of people believe that that's a one-way process, that a coach is imparting knowledge, sharing knowledge uh, with others. But if you've done it, you know that it's not, it's a two-way process. And a lot of times you you get back every bit as much as you, you give. So I would ask you, what have you learned through all of this so far that you didn't know when you started and, and, or what has the interaction and sort of broad exposure to other people taught you? Hmm. Well, I think if I knew that teaching women to be more aware and signs to watch for to keep them safe would be so rewarding. I may have done this years ago and not coach softball. I would have chosen, I would have chosen this. This is by far the best thing I've ever done. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm making a difference. And the women that, that have the confidence to take the course, that's the, what they're saying when they sign up for the courses, I want to be safe. I don't want to live in fear. I want skills. So when I move about this world, I know I'm okay. That's a great, I, I have to give those women credit as well. But, but overall, I, I just think that I, I just feel like it's a blessing for me to teach other women to stay safe because it is a travesty how many women are assaulted, how much violence is against women in today's world. And, and some people don't want to hear that, but it's a fact. It's such a fact that if you're listening to this podcast and you have the chance to Google, Google woman assaulted jogging, woman assaulted in a parking lot, woman killed in house. And you see the hundreds and hundreds of stories that pop up it's like it's an epidemic, but nobody's talking about it. And I don't really want to talk about it like it's an epidemic. What I want to do is let people know that there are people out in this world that target women, and I don't want anybody else to become a victim. I want women to be empowered. I want women to share this knowledge. I want women to share their stories. That's why I share that's why I'm sharing Bev's story because if you listen, to Bev's story and 
to answer your question, there are families that have written me and said, our family is listening to Bev's story. There are mothers that have written me saying, my daughter and I are listening to Bev's story. There are fathers that have written me and have said, my daughter and I are listening to Bev's story because it is about intuition was, was, was rampant. Everybody knew that something wasn't right. The warning signs were flashing. Everybody knew that something wasn't right. And so to know that people are learn using it as a learning tool to teach each other to stay safe, that's the, that's the best outcome I can ask for. Well, you just said the word tool and you, you talk about and show some in, in the seminars, some items that people can have with them all, all the time. Easy, easy items to have on your person or in your car or in your purse. Uh, what's your favorite one? What do you think is a, is a good one that everybody should have? I think that everybody should have a voice. So you don't have to go out and buy it. You just have to know how to use it. And so if you have the awareness, if your head isn't down and your shoulders are back and your head is up and your head is kind of rotating left to right and you have the awareness and someone's walking towards you and you don't want them to come, you have the voice to say, no, stop. I said, stop, whatever it is. But that is a great tool. Your voice is a weapon by screaming, no, no, no. Do you think that that person's going to keep coming? Or do you think that that person doesn't want to get caught? I choose to think that that person doesn't want to get caught. So by using your voice, that to me is a, is a weapon that everybody has, but people need to know how to use it. They need to know how to use it. They have to be ready and unafraid to use it. Awesome. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question. You've, you've done a lot. You've accomplished a lot in a couple of years. What, what's down the road? What's the future look like for Always Bev? Hmm, that's a good question. And, and if I could get another genie in a bottle, I would know the answer. Um, I just hope that it grows. I, I hope the podcast grows. I have some, some big plans for the podcast on our next episode we have somebody speaking about domestic violence. I think we all know what a big topic that is. Uh, the next season, we're going to have um, actual different victims come on the show and talk about their incidents so our listeners can, can learn from that. But overall, I want it to be an educational piece that people can identify with, that people can learn from. Uh, Long-term for Always Bev, I hope it goes viral. I hope that the education and the platform in as many different ways, whether it, be, whether it becomes uh, in schools, whether it becomes literature for, for people to study, but it, in some way it becomes a platform that everybody can reference to it and say, hey, you know, we're going camping. What are the things that we need to do to stay safe? And I'm talking about more than bringing a flashlight. <laughs> I'm talking about the things that you have to do to stay safe. Well, I think the thing for you and the thing that I think contributes the greatest to Always Bev is the, the delivery and the fact that it is a lot of common sense knowledge, but 
it's not always front of mind for people. And I think the way that you reach people with the ease that you do and, and clearly the passion that you share for the topic, I think that uh, is the biggest contributor to the success. So I think as, as long as you are reaching people, whether it's the seminars or the podcast or whatever means you do that, I, I think the message is going to, is going to be successfully delivered and received. Hmm. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I want to thank you for being the moderator today. You have a lot of experience under your belt. I think you did a nice job. So thank you for your time today. I also want to thank you for all that you do to support Always Bev. I always say the best reference is word of mouth. So thank you for all the kind things that you say about Always Bev. I do appreciate that, Sherry. All right. Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed you being here as well. In our next episode, you will not want to miss our special guest. She works with women in domestic violence. And the things she told me on the phone today about the warning signs, about how these men that show violence against women that they are in relationships with, they are not showing this violence on the first dates. They are not showing this early on. Yet the women, their intuition kicks in very early in the relationship. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Barb Jordan. And to learn more about the Always Bev course, or if you have a personal story that you would like to share, please contact me and visit my website at alwaysbev.com. Mm-hmm.